Oh my goodness gracious, what's up everybody? My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Today, it's October 10th. Uh, what that means, do you ever have one of those days where no, everything you do, no matter what you do, all day, everything goes wrong? That has been today. It's been one of those just like, God, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm so excited to be here. Like, I, all day, I've wanted to sit down and record my stinking podcast. It's like a, it's like a carrot at the end of a stick. Like, all day, I've just been like, it's, I know I'm so close. But I'm so far, like I've just had so much stuff to do and I'm, oh, God, it's good to be here. It's, it's so good. Like you don't understand. It's been a crazy day in the sports world. And, and I'm so, today's a lax day. We're, we're relaxed. I'm not wearing a dress shirt. I'm wearing a, a kook shirt actually. So we're just having a chill, relaxed day. It's been a crazy, crazy day in the sports world. I, oh my gosh. You ever like, you ever seen the meme, Kermit the Frog's drinking his tea. What that meme symbolizes, it's, it's to say, you know, I'm watching something. And it's not my problem. I've been watching all these sportscasters, and not just sportscasters, every kind of media, video games, sports, movies, everybody. They all feel the need to weigh in on politics. And I just want to say, if you work in sports, stick to sports. Cover sports. You won't get in trouble. You won't have issues. I am well aware you guys are here to listen to me talk about sports. Um, so that's my motto. That's what I do. I talk about sports. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Today, Adrian, was it today? Adrian Peterson has been traded to the Arizona Cardinals. And I, the whole time, this season, I've been saying the same thing. He does not fit in New Orleans. It, it seemed very obvious to me. I was like, why in the world would you sign Adrian Peterson? Relationships are like bulls. I, I've been waiting. You have no idea. <laughs> I've been waiting to use this analogy all year with Tupperware. So... These Tupperware fit perfectly. Relationships are like both. Some fits are better than others. This is like a perfect fit. Some fits do not work. This, they don't fit inside each other. If, if you can't see, a circular Tupperware does not fit inside a square Tupperware. That is because some fits work better than others. The way the Saints have built their team, the Saints like running backs that can catch passes. Adrian Peterson's Peterson does not catch passes. Adrian Peterson is not that kind of running back. And all season, I've just been wondering, scratching my head, why would you sign Adrian Peterson to the Saints? And, and today, my assertion that I've said all year has come to fruition. He was traded away from the New Orleans Saints to the Arizona Cardinals. And I don't know if he's a good fit in Arizona, but I am, I am certain he is not a good fit in New Orleans. See, this is a good fit right here. This... This is not a good fit. This doesn't, this doesn't fit. It's no good. I've, I've been, I've been so excited to say that all year. I just, I don't know why. I wanted to say relationships are like bulls. I now I've said it. Um, you know that delusional guy that always talks about. He he always goes ah, oh, and he talks about high school. Remember the good old days? He just he's kind of delusional. He remembers high school like it was the greatest thing ever, and he was the star and yada yada. That is Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson is that delusional guy that cannot get over himself. I think Adrian Peterson is washed up. I don't think he's going to do anything in Arizona, uh, but we'll see. I mean, I hope him, I wish him success, but I'm not a believer in Arizona, in Adrian Peterson and his success in Arizona. I just don't think he's going to work out there. So, I, Adrian Peterson, go be a dad. You're washed up. Go home. Now, do you see my shirt today? My shirt today is a WSU Cougars shirt. Part of that is, you know, I just love the shirt. This is actually my favorite shirt in the world, uh, but... My favorite team, the Washington State Cougars, is the number eight team in the nation. And normally I wouldn't 
start a show with this. I don't think the lead story is good when it's a regional story up in the Northwest. I know people in Texas that listen to this show do not care about the Washington State Cougars. But uh, this, the Cougars work as a good case study leading into Mitch Trubisky. Because we're going to get to Mitch Trubisky in a very short minute. But I want to start with the number eight team in the nation, the Washington State Cougars. I've been really critical of this team. I've said they have bad receivers. I don't trust them up front. You know, they're not a historically good team. I've said all kinds of things about the Cougars. <laughs> but guess what? They're the number eight team in the nation. So regardless of what you think, it's really dang cool that they're in the top 10. I think 10-2 and two is a very reasonable season for the Washington State Cougars. I think that's probably what's going to happen. But we got to just take a minute. we got to stop and applaud Mike Leach. Mike Leach, the head coach of the Washington State Cougars, has just turned this program into a complete 180. This program is 10 years ago. I would have never thought the Washington State Cougars would be in the top 10. My goodness, they were a mess. They were like the Oakland. Remember when the Raiders were just a garbage truck on fire? Like the Raiders were awful. And we would make fun of the Raiders. Like, oh, don't be the, like the Raiders. That was what the Cougars were. Washington State was a horrendous football team. They were the joke of the Pac-10 at the time. Now the Pac-12. My goodness, Washington State was nothing. So we need to take a minute and just appreciate what Mike Leach has done. I applaud Mike Leach. It's amazing. Like 10 years ago, they were 5-7. and seven, And they, Bill Doba, I don't even know who Bill Doba is. Bill Doba was the head coach of Washington State. I want to use Washington State's turnaround as a case study. What I mean by that is it took 10 years to turn Washington State's football program around. WSU was not a good football program when Mike Leach took over. And, and Mike Leach's first football season, he went 3-9. and nine. It took him three full seasons to get to a 9-4, and four, a 9-win season. So the first season he was three and nine. His second season he was six and six. His third season at WSU he was also three and nine. And finally in his fourth year, his fourth season at WSU they went nine and four. They had a good, fantastic season. A season where you're like, heck yeah, that is a team I want to play for. It took him four his fourth season before he finally figured it out. You know he he's done an amazing job. You cannot overlook the amazing job. Mike Leach has done. But we had to be patient. Me, as a WSU fan, we had to be patient with Mike Leach. Patience is the key. I, I see all these coaches. It drives me nuts. Do you remember when Chip Kelly was hired by the San Francisco 49ers? And they gave him one season. One season and fired him. That is a joke. That drives me nuts. You need to have patience with people. Not everybody's Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is a... Just a, a miracle worker. To turn around Michigan the way he did in one season. To get him, to, I think, to 10 wins in his first year. What? That doesn't happen. That's unbelievable. No, it took Mike Leach three seasons of losing. Three seasons of 6-6. Six and six, Two seasons of 6-9. and nine, To finally get to 9-4. and four, To finally turn around WSU. It took him three years. Finally, when his recruits that he was recruiting himself were old enough to contribute, he went 9-4. and four. Success takes time to build. Patience. Patience is the key. You don't, you don't make money. You need to spend money to make money. What that means is you need to invest in people, invest in things. If you want return, you need to invest in them. W, Washington State's football program invested in Mike Leach. 
They let him take his time. So as we stop and appreciate what he's done, let's just appreciate what he's done. It's amazing. You have to have patience. The Cougars need needed patience. And you have to have patience with guys like Mitch Trubisky. Last night the Bears played the Vikings on Monday Night Football. And I'll be honest, I didn't care about who I didn't care who won the game. I wasn't watching the Vikings. I wasn't even watching the Bears. I was watching Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky, Trubisky, I don't care. I don't care. Whatever his name is. I feel positive about Mitch Trubisky. No, he did not set the world on fire. He wasn't amazing. He was very much he was fine. He was better than Glennon. Do you remember Mike Glennon? Mike Glennon was a joke. He had four turnovers last week. Mr. Bisky wasn't amazing. He did have that pick at the end. It wasn't pretty. But do you remember when Deshaun Watson played his first game this year? Deshaun Watson also wasn't pretty. It took a while for Deshaun Watson to get in a rhythm, get to where he is now the best, not only the best rookie quarterback uh, in this year's draft class, he's one of the best young quarterbacks around. He's up there. I would put him with Dak Prescott. He looks poised. He's fantastic. But it took a while for Deshaun Watson to get there. Remember, he, he lost to the Bengals. He had a rough week. Did he, he beat the Bengals. But he, he didn't play very well. And he had a rough week his first week. It took him a while to finally, against the Patriots, he put it all together. We need to be patient with Mitch Trubisky. Who knows? It's, it's way too early to tell. He's played one game. People are already saying, wait, he stood up pick. Should have got Deshaun Watson. Guys. Who knows about Mitch Trubisky? He has a defensive head coach, a horrible roster. I, do you really expect him to be good this year at all? I mean, good. Sorry, he can be productive, but he's not going to win games. The Bears are awful. There's a reason the Bears had such a high draft pick. The Bears—they were the third pick overall. The Bears are atrocious. The Bears are, ah, gosh, man, relax, slow down. Do you remember last week when Mike Glennon, Mike Glennon threw a pass into the corner of the, the end zone and it literally bounced off one of his receiver's shoulder pads? <laughs> what else can you ask for? So relax. Take your time with Mitch Trubisky. He struggled. He did struggle at times. He's not perfect. Um, but the Bears have a really bad roster and it's going to take a while for Mitch Trubisky to get in a rhythm. Now, here's my biggest fear with Mitch Trubisky. Look at his face. Look at Mitch Trubisky's face last night. I'll tell you what. When you look at Deshaun Watson's face, you see a guy who belongs. You see a guy who's confident, who deserves to be there. When you look at Mitch Trubisky's face, you kind of see a deer in the headlights. You see a... eh, You don't see a face that instills confidence. That worries me more than anything we saw on the field yesterday. I don't care about, he does throw the ball well on the run. He underthrew some balls. He he didn't make perfect decisions. I don't give a rat's, I don't care how he plays. Look at his face. He looks scared. That worries me. It's way too early to tell. Who knows? But was the moment too big for Mitch Trubisky yesterday? Remember, Mitch Trubisky only started 13 games his entire college career. His entire career, he started 13 games. It's possible that yesterday's moment was just a little bit too big. I watched The Brady Six. It's one of my favorite documentaries. I'm a documentary nerd. It's a documentary about Tom Brady and how he was 
the sixth quarterback, there were six quarterbacks picked ahead of Tom Brady in the draft when he was drafted. And one of them was Giovanni Carmazzi. Giovanni Carmazzi was picked to the San Francisco 49ers. He was supposed to be the next Steve Young. And, well, do you know who Giovanni Carmazzi is? He obviously was not the next Steve Young. If you don't know the name, there's a reason for it. The guy couldn't handle the big moment. And that is my fear more than anything else with Mitch Trubisky. Can he handle the moment? Deshaun Watson is unlike almost any quarterback I've ever seen. He has poise. In the face, a train could be coming at him full speed and the guy wouldn't flinch. It's, it's bizarre. But you need to have that as an NFL quarterback. The best guys in the world are the guys, even Peyton Manning. I'd be critical of Peyton Manning. He wasn't perfect at the end of games, in the fourth quarter, in the biggest games of his career. He didn't really deliver all the time. Tom Brady? Even keel. He wants the ball at the end of the game. Sam Darnold wants the ball at the end of the game. Deshaun Watson wants the ball in his hands. Does Mitch Trubisky want the ball in his hands? That is my big question about Mitch Trubisky. Let's move on to this. On Sunday night, the two best rosters in the entire NFL gathered together for a game. The Chiefs played the Texans. I watched some really good quarterback play. It's fantastic. It's outstanding. And I want to talk about Alex Smith. We always talk about, oh, wow, Alex Smith is really good this year. Alex Smith, yes. Alex Smith is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He has proved that this year. There's, but we always put an asterisk. You know what an asterisk is? It looks like this. This is an asterisk. We always put an asterisk next to Alex Smith's name. As if to say, uh, we don't know. We don't know. Alex Smith asterisk. It is time to remove that monkey off of his back. Alex Smith is a legitimate quarterback. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, yes. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are better than Alex Smith. He's not in their class. But I would say I would say that Alex Smith is in the second tier of NFL quarterbacks. The Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, and Alex Smith. They all belong. There's that second tier. He's not Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are so far ahead of everybody else, it's not even close. But I'm so sick of this asterisk to say, like, when is Alex we're we're acting like when is Alex Smith gonna screw it up? When is he gonna show his true colors? We're five games in. And it's very clear, Alex Smith's true colors are the guy's a really good quarterback. The guy can play football. You know, one of the most embarrassing moments of my entire life, um, in high school, I cheated on my girlfriend. And it was, it was so embarrassing. The whole school knew. Everybody knew about it. It was just, it, it, was, it was embarrassing. And you know that saying, once a cheater, always a cheater? I hate that saying. I don't believe in that saying. I think people can change. I think people can learn from their mistakes. I think people can grow. Obviously, I disagree. You can become a different person when you cheat on someone. You can grow. You can become a different person. Just like you can grow and become a different quarterback. People change. Alex Smith has changed. Alex Smith is taking risks. He's throwing the ball downfield. He's playing differently this year. This is a different Alex Smith than we've ever seen before. It is time for us to... Learn and trust Alex Smith. The Chiefs are 5-0. and The Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. And the reason is because of Alex Smith and his play. Alex Smith is a legitimate quarterback, and it is time that we accept that and move on. 
Now the other the guy on the other team, the Texans quarterback, Deshaun Watson. My goodness, um, this guy is just—he's like from another planet. Um, you know, my friend Drake, and, and and not in his play. I know Deshaun Watson isn't the biggest. He's not the fastest. He doesn't have the best arm. But here's what sets Deshaun Watson apart. I already talked about this a little bit earlier. The way Deshaun Watson, his poise in the pocket, his poise in a, under pressure in a big situation. I said this, you know, last you know, leading up to the draft. What I like about Deshaun Watson and what I like about Sam Darnold is there's this calm under fire. Deshaun Watson is never rattled. You know, my, my friend Drake, he's a he's a huge, I don't want to say fanboy of the Seahawks, but it's it's borderline. He loves the Seahawks, right? And he is convinced that when the Texans go to Seattle, Deshaun Watson is going to struggle. Because, yeah, rookie quarterbacks often struggle when they go to Seattle. They face the Legion of Boom, a great defense. Deshaun Watson isn't going to fold. Deshaun Watson can handle the pressure. In fact, I think Deshaun Watson is one of those rare guys, the Texans quarterback, who relishes that pressure. The guy can handle it. His poise is his biggest asset. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, um, let's talk about some Seahawks. I want to talk about the Seahawks. Later in the show, I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to have my NFL buy or sell segment. It's my favorite segment of the week. I can't wait to share it. It's what I do every week now. Um, So we're going to do that. That's going to be the end of the show. So Seahawks, Steelers, Aaron Rodgers, NFL buy or sell, all coming up. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. Oh, I am painfully aware that the responsible thing to do today would be to talk about the MLB playoffs. Frankly, I I just don't care. It's not grabbing my attention. Honestly, the NBA is more interesting to me than the MLB playoffs. For for whatever reason, I can't get into it. I just, I know I love October baseball. I love the base. The MLB playoffs are really legitimately exciting. It's kind of like the NCAA tournament where, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't care about the regular season at all, but then the intensity of playoff baseball is so good, but I just, for whatever reason, it's not drawing me to a screen. And it's not drawing my friend. My friends aren't talking about it. Normally they do. I'm not talking about it. It's very interesting to me. I just don't care about the MLB playoffs. I will say I love LA. I want the Dodgers to win the World Series. But I just, right now, I'm hoping it changes. I really I really want it to change. I want to watch some baseball. But it's not, it's not pulling me to a screen, which is weird. I know that's weird, but it... It really isn't. However, go Los Angeles. I want to talk about the Seahawks. I want to talk about the Seahawks. The biggest play this week against the LA Rams, there was a play where Russell Wilson ran down an interception. I'm so tired of everybody. The guy does not get the credit he deserves. I've been saying this all year. I've been criticized. There have been two things I've said about the Seahawks. Their offensive line is terrible. They're atrocious. It's time to fix that. And Russell Wilson is not getting the respect he deserves. Russell Wilson is an amazing quarterback, and he does things that other quarterbacks either could not do or will not do. So on Sunday, Russell Wilson threw an interception down the sideline. Mind you, this was a three-point... I think the game was... God, how could I forget the score? It, the game was within a touchdown. It was a, I think the Seahawks won 13-16. to 16. Russell Wilson threw an interception down the sideline, and he ran down the corner, the guy who picked off the ball, and made a tackle. 
we forget that play. That play is the single most important game of the week last week. Because if that guy runs into the end zone untouched, the Seahawks lose. That was the difference in the game. Right there was that play. So for all the people who don't appreciate Russell Wilson, he's not good enough at this. He's not good enough at that. He's not big enough. The guy just gets it done. He's reliable. I've compared him earlier. Uh, this is called a clicker. A clicker is what I use in school. It's the most... There are all these forms of attendance. This is the one that works. It's not, it's not pretty. It's not a cool, fancy app on your phone. It's not perfect. But the clicker works 100% of the time. I've never had an issue. That's Russell Wilson. He may not be pretty. He may not be flashy or amazing. But Russell Wilson gets the job done. And we don't appreciate him enough. Minute details. It's not always the obvious things in life that show up. But there are, only, there are only five quarterbacks that I count in the NFL that not only would be able to run down that interception, but there are only five quarterbacks who would run down that interception like Russell Wilson did last week. I count Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, and again, Russell Wilson. That's it. In the entire NFL, five quarterbacks would run down that interception and have kept the game close. Because again, if Russell Wilson just lets him run into the end zone, walk in, the game's over. The Seahawks would have lost. So I know you can fault the guy for throwing a pick. You can do whatever you want. But we need, no one's appreciating the things Russell Wilson does. He's a great leader. He always says the right thing. He runs down interceptions. I can't imagine a quarterback I would want more than Russell Wilson. Obviously Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, sure. But Russell Wilson is not a bad quarterback. And he deserves every penny he's paid. I'm so sick of people not believing in him. So the Seahawks game ends. um, And we switch to the Dallas Cowboys game. And Aaron Rodgers gets the ball with a minute left. I I remember Joe Buck kept saying, oh man, I I watched the whole sequence. I watched Dak Prescott go down the field, score a touchdown with about a minute, with a minute left. I think a minute 15. And I remember Joe Buck was saying, oh man. Uh, the Cowboys scored too quickly. They left too much time on the clock. So a couple things I want to say about this. First of all, I read somewhere that someone said Dak Prescott should have slid instead of running into the end, of, in the end zone. That's absurd. I, don't, I know you left a minute on the clock, but if you get a touchdown, you take it. Nothing in life is guaranteed. Ask the Seahawks. Remember that Super Bowl when the Seahawks threw an interception on the one-yard line? Never learn from the Seahawks' mistake. If you have a touchdown, take it. I don't care what the situation is. Take that touchdown, even with a minute left. Even if they're giving you, they're saying, score the touchdown. I remember uh, Brandon Jacobs a couple years ago. He he fell down, and, and they did go on to score a touchdown anyways. But look, if you get a touchdown, you have to take it. Even if they're giving it to you, you have to take guaranteed points. Because not many things in life are guaranteed. So if you get a guaranteed touchdown, take a guaranteed touchdown. Now, the Packers have a minute left. Aaron Rodgers has the ball. And everyone around with me is looking. We're all looking at each other like, this game's over. And the Cowboys aren't winning. <laughs> Even though the Cowboys have the lead right now, Aaron Rodgers has the ball with a minute left. And what that means is Aaron Rodgers is going to score a touchdown. It's what he does. Because Aaron Rodgers is not only the most talented quarterback ever, ever to play the position. He is the most talented quarterback ever to play in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is possibly the greatest quarterback of all time. And I don't take that lightly. He's not the most accomplished. He doesn't have the most Super Bowls. 
I've been saying since Tom Brady won his fifth, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. But now I'm watching Aaron Rodgers, and he is doing things that that are out of this world, that are unbelievable. And I, I am very strongly con- I'm ready to say that if Aaron Rodgers wins a Super Bowl with this roster, with the horrible roster that the Packers have, I, I'm ready to say it. Aaron Rodgers will be the greatest quarterback of all time. And I don't take that lightly. You know, growing up, I was always put into school projects with the bad kids. The kids that didn't care. The kids that didn't want to be there at school. Which meant that I had to carry the group. It was really frustrating. We'd have, you know, Jesus that wouldn't show up and Freddie that didn't care and um, Scarlett who just didn't, who, who had Fs and didn't want to be at school. And that, those are my groups. Every single time, because I was the good kid. I had all A's. I was the good hard worker. So they put me to, it's like a teacher balance thing. I don't understand. They would always put me with the bad kids. And, and sure enough, I would do all the work and everyone in my group would get an A. It's fair. It's like socialism. Um, but the difference between me and Aaron Rodgers, yes, I carried the group. But I always was scrapping. I, was, I had to do everything in my power to make it all work out and figure it out. Aaron Rodgers is the guy that gets the assignment on Monday. And Monday night is already done. Before anyone else can have any say, Aaron Rodgers already did the whole project himself. Regardless of what you say, Aaron Rodgers is a one-man show. And it's, it's incredible to watch. Aaron Rodgers is doing things that I just... Man, I've never seen a quarterback throw the ball the way he throws. And I've never seen a guy who gets leaner and better and faster and throws the ball even with more accuracy and just... It's unbelievable. He's he's aging, and it's like Benjamin Button. He's just Aaron Rodgers is getting even better with age. It's absurd. I want to shift now to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are in big trouble. Uh, last week, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, thirty to nine. Thirty to nine, the Steelers lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and, and Big Ben Roethlisberger had five interceptions. And I'm reading all these articles that are saying it's Big Ben's fault. Big Ben is the issue with the Seahawks offense. Big Ben is the reason the Steelers are struggling. I said Seahawks, didn't I? Big Ben is the reason the Steelers are struggling. That's what all the articles I'm reading are saying. Yeah, Big Ben is a problem. Big Ben isn't playing very well, sure. But the issue, the problem with the Pittsburgh Steelers is their head coach, Mike Tomlin. I'll lay out the facts. I'm ready to, I'm very, I very strongly believe this. I'm ready to convince you why the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, is the issue in Pittsburgh. First of all, Big Ben has all these quotes. You know, on on November 13, 2016, so a year ago, the Steelers played the Cowboys and they lost 35 to 30. And after the game, Big Ben called the Steelers team undisciplined. And not accountable. And then after the Steelers won a playoff game last season, one of their assistant coaches got arrested. Joey, I think it was Joey Porter, got arrested after a game, after a play in the playoffs. The Steelers are unbuttoned. The Steelers are coming unraveled. They're having all these organizational issues that just are inexcusable. Not to mention so later in the season, later in the playoffs. Antonio Brown has an issue in the locker room where he's live streaming to Facebook in the locker room. I I can't imagine if I'm Big Ben. 
my frustration with my team. So last week, Big Ben called out once again Antonio Brown for his sideline antics. What does all this mean? What do we deduce from this? There are two types of... My favorite artist is John Bellion. And there are two types of John Bellion fans. He's a music producer. He makes music. He's amazing. I love him. I went to his concert. Some people love John Bellion. And they listen to his music. And they have a great time. And then there's me. I'm insane. I play his music everywhere. All the time. Every day. It's like you would think, Zach, aren't you sick of John Bellion? No. And I play, I I tell my friends, I tweet about him. I put him on my Instagram story. I broadcast to the world. I love John Bellion and I love John Bellion's music and you should listen to it too. That's the difference. There's a difference between me, the guy who just always is talking about it, always putting it out there and the guy who keeps it to himself. Big Ben is not keeping it to himself anymore. Big Ben transitioned from a passive John Bellion fan to me, the guy who broadcasts and tells everyone everything. That is because, I, so I want John Bellion to grow. I want people to hear about his music. There's a reason for my weird and aggressiveness, the way I share John Bellion. Ben Roethlisberger has a reason for everything he's saying. He didn't just suddenly become a wimp. Ben Roethlisberger is sick and tired of his organization. For years, he was fine holding it in. But Ben Roethlisberger has reached a boiling point. So yeah, he might be the problem. But the bigger issue is Mike Tomlin. The Steelers organization has become unbuttoned. unbuttoned. Do you remember Bill Cower? Bill Cower is the quarter, the, the head coach that originally won a, a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh. Now the farther removed we get from Bill Cower, the more unbuttoned and the more the Steelers struggle. Mike Tomlin seems like a good guy. It's not personal. But Mike Tomlin cannot control his locker room. It's, it's an issue. It's really bad. You know, week three before the... Right before the NFL games were played week three, Donald Trump had all these controversial statements. And, and some teams got really riled up. You know, the Steelers got really riled up. The Steelers lost. The Seahawks lost. The Patriots won. The Titans won. Now, what are the difference between all these these football teams? The Seahawks feed off of emotion. The Seahawks are a very emotional football team. The Steelers are a very emotional football team. The Panthers lost. The Panthers, Cam Newton, that's a really... We saw saw his comments last week. They're emotional football teams. Who won that week? After a weird emotional weekend with Donald Trump, our president, saying controversial stuff about the NFL. The Titans with I think Mike Malarkey, whatever his name is, whatever the Titans coach is, he's like the most boring, even keel head coach in the entire NFL. And their quarterback is Marcus Mariota. Again, another very we- weirdly even keel. Just like, Marcus, do you have any emotion? You just, you're just like, you're like a flatliner. It's crazy. So the, the two team organizations that, and many, you saw this across the league, the organizations that weren't buttoned up played really well and they won that week. The, the Patriots, they're, would you say they're a buttoned-up organization? Yes, they are. The Patriots, after Donald Trump's comments, played fantastic. They won the game. So did the Titans. The Steelers, the Seahawks, the Panthers all lost. The Steelers are fueled by emotion, and I don't like that. That is a sign of weakness, and I, I, 
not always, but with the in an NFL football team in a business, I would agree that you need to be level-headed and calculated. The Steelers are coming unhinged. The Steelers are, have really significant issues, and they all stem from the leadership of their head coach, Mike Tomlin. Uh, <clears throat> you know who broke his ankle? <laughs> not that I'm happy about this, um, but I'm not a fan. Odell Beckham Jr. broke his ankle. I'm so tired of talking about Odell Beckham Jr. I'm so tired of hearing about him. I'm not a fan of the guy. I don't like flashy. I don't like, you know, I, I like, I just, I don't know. I'm not into that. I'm not into rims that spin. I just want a car that works. I don't need a Mustang. My first car was a Volkswagen Jetta. Right now I drive a used Toyota. I could have had a better car. But I don't like flashy. I like functional. Odell Beckham Jr., everyone tells me he's the best receiver in the NFL. I get it. I totally get it. He's, he's talented. He's fast. He's got the hair. He's, he is fun to watch. I enjoy watching his, his dances, and he's polarizing. He's interesting. But I wouldn't want to play with him. I, I hate diva wide receivers. You know who I loved when I played football? My offensive line. My offensive line worked hard. They were calm. They were normal. They got it. They didn't ask questions. They weren't an issue. So he may be talented, but I am not only losing faith in Odell Beckham Jr., I'm losing faith in the whole idea that receivers are super important. Offensive lines, that is the most important thing in the NFL. Other than a quarterback. If you want to win games, you need a quarterback and you need a good offensive line. Receivers are completely overrated. Odell Beckham Jr., the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, let's look at his his team's record. 0-5. The Giants are 0-5 when they had Odell Beckham Jr. Sorry, 0-4. I think he didn't play week one. Regardless, you have the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, What? You're not winning any games. He's not making that much of a difference. Do you remember Megatron in Detroit? For years, the Detroit Lions were terrible, and yet they are the best receiver in the NFL. The best receiver in the NFL is completely overrated. I just had to get my two cents out there. I'm not a fan of... I understand. Odell Beckham Jr. is extremely talented. He's also extremely loud. And he is proof... I just used his injury as an excuse to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. and why receivers are overrated. Tom Brady went to Super Bowls, and his best receiver was a guy named Troy Brown. Do you know who Troy Brown is? Was he the best receiver in the NFL? No, he was not. Troy Brown was functional. Troy Brown got the job done. I'm clearly biased. I prefer cats. I, I like quiet. I like even keel and, and professionalism. I don't like loud. So I am biased. But Odo Beckham Jr. doesn't do it for me. And even when he comes back, if this season he comes back, I just don't think he's that big of a difference maker. I really don't. I am a... Odell Beckham Jr. Doubter. I don't believe in Odell Beckham Jr. I'm going to take another short break. When I return, very quickly, we're going to talk about the NCAA college football power rankings. And then at the end of the show, finally, NFL buy or sell. My name is Zach Schallmer. This is Strong Opinion Sports. I'm going to take another short break, and I'll be right back. I read a thing on ESPN. The the current power rankings um, in college football are number one, Clemson. Number two, Alabama. Number three, Penn State. Number four, Georgia. 
And number five, Washington. Uh, I don't really care. I believe the season will end like this. Yes, these are the four. Those are maybe the five best teams in college football. But regardless, the college football season is going to end like this. It will end with Alabama, Clemson, Penn State, and Washington in the final four. Regardless of whatever anyone says. And I don't care what order. Clemson, Alabama, Washington, and Penn State are probably going to be the final four at the end of the year. And if it's not Penn State... Whoever wins the Big Ten, I think a, I've said this many times, the Big Ten is the best conference in college football, and whatever team wins, whatever program wins out, wins the Big Ten Conference Championship, will make it to the college football playoff. I'm sorry, Oklahoma's out, and the Big 12 is not going to make the college football playoff once again. It's very sad, but they're the worst conference in football. What can you do? You have to go undefeated if you play in the Big 12 to make the college football playoff. So I have four beliefs. Number one, that the four teams will be, again, Alabama, Clemson, Washington, and Penn State. My other belief is that UW is not going to make it into the national championship. They're simply not good enough. I like the Pac-12. I think UW is talented. They're well-coached. I love, I love, I love Coach Peterson at UW. He was a Boise State coach for years. He gave us Kellen Moore, the fantastic watch. All kinds of bowl games. Boise State was a, a blast to watch. There's a reason he's doing so well at UW. He's a, an amazing coach. But Alabama or UW is not good enough. Washington is not good enough up front. My other belief is that Penn State could make it to the national championship. So UW will not. Penn State could. However, the fourth belief is that Clemson or Alabama will win it all. Alabama and Clemson are head and shoulders better than everybody else. Here's why a team other why it's going to be Alabama and Clemson once again. They're the two best teams in the nation. The number one team and the number two team, regardless of how they're ranked, one or two, they don't play each other in the first week of the college football playoff. And they're going to be ranked one and two because they, again, are far and away better than every other team in college football. Similar, they're kind of like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. They are far better than everyone else, and it's not even close. So, Alabama, Clemson will rematch in the national championship. That's going to happen. They're the two best teams. I don't know who's going to win. I really don't. It's going to be very interesting and entertaining to watch. I know that Alabama is just, ooh, yikes. They're dominating people. Like, and it's not even close. They just physically are murdering people. And it's like, oh my goodness. So, that's what's... That, Alabama, Clemson, and the national championship. And the Big 12 needs to have a conference championship. The Big 12 is struggling. They have all these rules of pra- on practice which make their defense really bad. So they, they struggle up front. They're not No Big 12 team is very good up front other than Oklahoma. And the way their, def- their practice rules work, their defenses are really bad. It could be a long time before we see a Big 12 team in the college football playoff. It's just not going to happen. I'm really sad. I love Baker Mayfield. I wanted him to get a crack at Alabama. Because I think if anyone could have done a magical thing and beaten Alabama, it could have been Baker Mayfield. Um, but sadly, he came up short. So I'm, I'm, I'm very sad about Oklahoma. I want to draw your attention to an interesting story. Today, Oregon State's head coach, Gary Anderson, stepped down today. It's just a weird situation. The guy left $12 million, over $12 million on the table. You know, I saw Gary Anderson a couple weeks ago in Pullman, Washington, where I live. And the guy just looked, 
really dejected. He's a nice guy. He's an amazing guy. He was very nice to me. We filmed the interview, the post-game interview, and he was just out of it. He looked dejected. He looked sad and, and not very, I don't know. Um, and what I read today in all these articles, I, I was a nerd. It, this was a story that, above all else, really captivated me was Gary Anderson because it was a surprise to me. I thought he was building something in Oregon State, and clearly he felt like he wasn't. He, he felt like he was going the opposite direction. I read a man today, when I, when I read all these interviews, all this analysis of what happened at least, I heard about a man who was burned out and dejected, and I'm very sad. I, I think... Oregon State had a great head coach. Gary Anderson, I don't know if he'll coach again, but he should. He deserves to coach again. He's an amazing coach. And it's really sad that Oregon State could not get their act together. They were blowing coverages. They were just they had all these issues off the field with their players. Um, and it's just very sad that they could not figure it out. I have so much respect for Gary Anderson, the, the former head coach of Oregon State. He's a class act and... You know, it's weird. He said that he felt like Oregon State, it was a mutual decision, the school and the head coach, um, to end their relationship. And he said he felt like the team needed just to hit the reset button. And he was happy to walk away to leave over $12 million. He just, he didn't want it anymore. So that's that's just an unusual situation. I I couldn't believe that. Um, It was very like, it was like, you're leaving that much money? Willingly? Like, are you sure? Um, so keep your eye on the Oregon State head coaching job. I just think it's a very weird, fascinating story, and I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, now, before we go to NFL buy or sell, we're almost there. I want to celebrate um, the death of an era, the death of all these quarterbacks have dominated the league forever, and they're done. All these quarterbacks we once loved, it's over. It's very sad, but it's over. It was a good run, but the new wave is here. So Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Big Ben, Carson Palmer. I'll even throw Drew Brees in there. <sighs> Thank you so much. It was amazing. It was fantastic. I, I, I loved watching you guys, uh, but it's over. It's really time for us as NFL fans to move on from, again, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer, and I'll even throw Drew Brees in there. It's time to move on from them. It's very sad. Uh, but the new wave is here. You know, last week, Big Ben threw five interceptions. The Steelers just look like a mess. They're unraveling. The Giants are 0-5. Eli looks old. When's the last time the Saints were in the playoffs? When's the last time they won a really big game? <laughs> Philip Rivers can still play a little bit, but it's time. Similar to, you know, Drew Brees can play. Philip Rivers can also play, but they just need to move on. The Chargers need to get a young quarterback in their organization. The Chargers are 1-4. and four. And I I could not believe, I was so shocked. I said that around the draft, Deshaun Watson needed to either go to the Cardinals or the Texans. I could not believe the Cardinals didn't select a quarterback. Like, you need a I know maybe maybe everyone was gone. I don't know what happened. Maybe maybe just felt like everyone was gone. They didn't believe in Deshaun Watson. I don't either. Or, sorry, Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser, who plays for the Browns. He was awful in college. He's also awful in the NFL. Um, but I couldn't believe that Arizona didn't make a move and didn't try to get a quarterback last year because Carson Palmer is old. He's done. It's not working. Um, so I just wanted to very quickly mention the end of an era. Those five quarterbacks, Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, Carson Palmer, and Drew Brees. Um, it's over, and it's very sad, but it's time to move on. The new wave of quarterbacks, you know, we have Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, 
Dak Prescott, that is the next wave of quarterbacks. And the best of all the young quarterbacks right now is Derek Carr. Derek Carr is amazing. I said last year that Derek Carr should have been the NFL MVP. Because without Derek Carr, the Raiders were absolutely useless. The Raiders couldn't do anything without their star quarterback, Derek Carr. And Derek Carr hurt his back um, two weeks ago. And Derek Carr didn't play last week. Now he's coming back. Derek Carr, I thought was going to... His injury said two to six weeks. Which meant, I th- what I interpreted it was... You're still hurt, but you can physically, it's possible to play in two weeks. And you really need six weeks if you're going to heal, and we'll see what happens. Derek Carr is coming back even before two weeks are up. Because Derek Carr knows, without him, without Derek Carr, the Raiders' season is over. And it's not just an injury. Derek Carr's injury is also a target because people are going to go after him. They know his back is hurt. People are going to go after his back, which makes this decision to come back and play incredibly gutsy. You know, we criticize Derek Carr's big contract. He get, Yes, he gets paid a ton of money, but he's really earning it. If he comes back and plays these next couple games, really the rest of the year, because his injury is now not going to go away. He came back too early. He didn't let it heal. Derek Carr is he's really earning his paycheck. If he comes back and plays well. And it's valiant. It's really a valiant effort. I applaud Derek Carr because it's unbelievable what he's doing. Without the Raiders, their season is over. So Derek Carr, we need to appreciate what he's doing. He's coming back early, more far earlier than he needs to, to play in the NFL. To play for the Steelers. For the Raiders. I'm sorry. Alright, are you ready? This is my favorite segment of... The entire show. I, I don't know why I left it for last, but this is NFL buy or sell. I sit down. I love stocks. I talk about what I buy this stock, what I lose this stock, and then we're going to wrap up the show. I'm going to sell the New England Patriots. I'm still not convinced the New England Patriots are great. Yes, the Patriots played better on defense this week, um, but some of that was just Jameis Winston really sucked. And Tom Brady, the Patriots organization, found a way to win. But I'm not convinced. Their defense still is a huge issue. Don't kid yourself, the Buccaneers were a better team this week that lost to the Patriots. So I'm not sold on the Patriots. Still sold on, not sold on them. I'm also selling the Pittsburgh Steelers stock. I, I had a big monologue earlier. The Steelers are a mess. Big Ben has been telling us the Steelers are in trouble for months. They can't win on the road. They don't appear like they're getting any better. And they don't appear like they're even... So we've always said the Steelers struggle on the road. They couldn't even win last week at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Steelers are a mess. I'm absolutely buying the Kansas City Chiefs. It is so easy for the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the best. It's like a... Who, who disagrees with this? The Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. They have the best roster in the NFL. Alex Smith is a different quarterback than we've ever seen before. And Andy Reid is, again, I would take him over Pete Carroll. Andy Reid's fantastic. Chiefs are 5-0. I'm buying the Chiefs. I'm also buying the Houston Texans. So what? The Houston Texans lost to the best team in the NFL. Once again, the Texans have the second best roster in the NFL. Deshaun Watson, their rookie quarterback, is absolutely incredible. He's, they just needed average quarterback play. The Texans are the team that went 9-7 and seven with Brock Osweiler. So you get Deshaun Watson, it's like, man, J.J. Watt may be out, but the Texans are going to make noise in the playoffs this season. I'm selling the Bills. The Buffalo Bills had a chance to grab my attention. 
They could have impressed me this weekend, but they did not. I'm very sad about it. If the Bills had taken care of business against the Bengals, I would have considered them legit. Um, but they were so close. They, they were so close. But the Bills lost to the Bengals. I'm out. I'm selling the Bengals. The Seahawks. I sold the Seahawks last week. I'm going to buy them back. You know, I, I always say I want proof. Prove it. The Seahawks proved it this week. They beat a a better team than them, I believe, the Rams. The Rams are a really good team. The Seahawks proved that they can win. I like that. The offensive line was significantly better against the Rams. So I'm buying back more of the I'm buying back the Seahawks stock. I'm holding on to that Rams. I'm buying more Rams stock. Even though they lost to the Seattle Seahawks, I believe in the Rams. They're a great quarterback, a great coach, a great defense. Uh, that what that means is they're a tough team to beat. I believe in the Rams, and I'm buying a whole lot of the Eagles this week. The Eagles are amazing. They have the best young quarterback. You know, I sorry I talked about Derek Carr. If you look at Carson Wentz, they're so similar, but Carson Wentz is a bigger, like bionic version of Derek Carr. It's unbelievable. They have the best lineman group in the NFL, offensive and defensive. The Eagles will win the NFC East. I'm buying more of the Eagles stock, and I am buying a. A ton of Aaron Rodgers. I sold the Packers last week. I'm not buying the Packers. I don't care about the Packers. Their roster is awful. But if you don't believe in Aaron Rodgers, you're absolutely ludicrous. Aaron Tom Brady couldn't win in Green Bay. The Green Bay roster is atrocious. So this is a, this is a one-man show in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is absolutely amazing to watch. It's unbelievable. I can't believe what I'm seeing every week. I am buying a ton of Aaron Rodgers stock. Not the Packers. Packers are horrible. Buying Aaron Rodgers. Now, there's there's one thing left uh, that I, I'm not going to buy this, and I'm not going to sell this. I'm just I'm just kind of staying away. I'm, I'm I'm holding Mitch Trubisky at arm's length. I we have no idea what to make of him. We need to give him patience. I'm waiting to make a decision. I'm not ready to say he's awful. I'm not ready to say he's good. The Bears have a terrible roster. They have a defensive coach. We just need to wait and see with Mitchell Trubisky. My name is Zach Shelmer. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so much for listening. We are 51 minutes in. I am so sorry. This is a very long podcast. I hope I didn't talk too long. It was a different show. It was a very relaxed show. My throat kind of hurts. So with that, uh, we are growing. So thank you so much. It's, it's, uh, I'm looking at the numbers on SoundCloud and on iTunes, and it's, it's so cool. It's so exciting. People are listening to the show. People like this podcast, and that, and that means the world to me because this is my favorite thing to do. Uh, in the entire world. I love recording this show. I like writing the show. I like preparing the show. Um, so if you enjoy the show, tell your friends about it. Go like the Facebook page, Strong Opinion Sports. Go subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, at Zach Schallmer. Thank you so much for your report. I love you guys. Um, thank you so much for listening, and have a great day, everybody.